0: What is up, guys? It is Stu and it's another episode of the What The Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Listen, if your business is underperforming, meaning you're not making the amount of money you want, it's probably not due to a lack of hard work. I honestly, honestly believe that. I believe that the majority of micro gym owners truly do work hard. They just don't work smart. They don't have a business background or a mindset that allows them to problem solve their own issues effectively. And when you don't have that educational background of business, And you open a business you're constantly having to supplement with asking other people listening to podcasts webinars consultants that's why i created micro gym university it's the only online business school for micro gym owners it's not a system it's not a 12-part course that you have to follow step by step in order for it to work it's a collection of all the best business strategies tactics and principles to upgrade your business iq and turn you into a self-reliant owner. There's over 75 hours of courses that cover everything from client acquisition systems to branding to HR management and compensation plans. And listen, I've made it super easy. It's $50 a month, cancel any damn time you want. Go ahead and binge the whole damn thing in one month and never pay me another dime, I don't care. My effort with MGU is to ensure more owners are doing hard work done smart. Because to win at this game, hard work is no longer the variable of success. It has to be competent and strategic smart work if you want to get out of your micro gym what it's capable of producing. Grab the link in my Instagram bio and get enrolled. What is up guys, it is Stu. It is another episode of the What The Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Had a conversation today. This is one that I'm having I'm having far too often in 2021. It made a lot of sense in 2020. I was hopeful that I'd have less of them. Anyway, they're they're sales conversations. And they're they're people selling the gym. And I, you know, some of them are like, you know, they've got other opportunities maybe. And some of them are just like, "Eh, it's just time to move on. Though we all know it wouldn't be time to move on if things weren't shit. And again, some of that is... It was shit beforehand. The business wasn't doing great. And it just, COVID just kind of really put an exclamation on it. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot, some of it is COVID. Some of it's, you know, they were doing good. Like, you know, they profitable, whatever. And obviously, COVID uh, has fucked that up. So here's how we, here's my thoughts on this. I just want to, I want to spit some advice to anybody who's ever thinking of selling the business. Okay. Um, I have a, a there's one of my courses inside of MGU is exiting the business where I talk about the Ibita method of doing evaluation and all that, which is the method I recommend if you have to go to a conventional lender or a private lender and you have to show some numbers, okay? But the reality of most of these micro gym transactions of the independent variety, right, an independently owned micro gym, is that um, that's, that's just not how it's gonna go. And, and let's let's talk about this. If you want to sell your micro gym out of distress, you're in a bad situation. You want to get out, or you want to sell your micro gym just because you you choose to, okay, of your own validity for whatever reason. Here's my first question when you when we get on that call: Who are you going to sell to? Who is the avatar customer for this? And the the answer, what it ultimately comes down to, it's either a. A current employee or member or somebody within one degree of separation of you within your ecosystem, okay? Someone who knows you, they're familiar with the business, they are looking for their own career change, or maybe they're currently in the fitness industry, they want to get into it, or a coach who wants to, you know, is young and green and thinks, you know, I could totally, I could do this better, and that's option one. It's a high high probability that is how most of these transactions are going to go down. All right, I'm gonna tell you why in a second. Option two is you're gonna have a someone like who's more interested in it from a business investment standpoint. Like, let's say Stu moved to Denver, Colorado, and I uh, I want to invest. I'm gonna invest in uh, two to three. I'm gonna, I don't know. Two, let's like say three different micro gyms. I don't really know which one's gonna do well, and I know I can get them at low prices right now. So I'm going instead of putting all my eggs in one basket, I'm going to spread spread it out and I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to buy three different models that are that are pretty unique, okay? So those are your two people. Like I don't know what the other third category is. Like Equinox isn't going to buy your fucking thing. Gold's Gym isn't buying it. You're not going to have another entity like fitness successful chain whatever buy your your fucking they It's just not realistic. Like some of you guys, like the .001% might pull that off. Jason Kalipa could sell his NC Fit empire at some point. Alchemy 365, and that's, that's, that's their model, you know, originally when they opened up in two different markets was to one day sell. So some of these guys, Metabolic 100% is an amazing opportunity, though with their rapid franchise growth, um, I think they're gonna, they're gonna ride it out for a while. But some organizations, but for the average micro gym uh independently owned, I don't care if you have one, two, three locations, you're probably not selling to a uh, another successful fitness entity. So that means one of your coaches or a member and, or it means a nut, like a business a fitness business investor, someone who knows what you've got isn't awesome. is it like gonna blow their socks off? But they've been there, done that, they've done this before, and they know they can get this for, a, you know, for, you know, we can say pennies on the dollar. That's probably a gross exaggeration, but for a lower market value price in, you know, this post COVID scenario. All right. So, with that being said, if those are your two people, now let's think about, okay, cool. Those are my avatars, Stu, my two potentials. Where are they going to get the money? Like, now I have to talk funding with you because that changes the valuation. All right. If there's a surplus of funds, meaning this person has cash on hand, a surplus of it, they are able to make a significant cash transaction because I'm assuming you're not looking to sell your business for $50,000. And when I say significant, I'm talking probably, you know, realistically, and this is so hard because some of you guys are in fucking bumfuck, middle of nowhere, Iowa, where a $100,000 exit would be uh, would be awesome. And some of you guys, $100,000 barely covers... You know, uh, six months of rent, right? Like, so let's throw a number out there for just just so I have something to to reference in this in this podcast. Let's say you're looking for a significant cash exit or like fi- uh, purchase exit of three hundred thousand dollars. All right, let's say that's what you want for your business, right? If that's what you want, again, the real price lands between what you want and what they're willing to pay. That's where the, that's what market value really is. And you are going to option A, which is that current coach. Does this individual have access to $300,000? Answer is probably no. Do they have access to half of it? $150,000. The answer is probably no. And I know there's some outliers like, oh, well her, you know, her husband sold a company for 4 million. He's got cash. their aunt just dialed up them some money, they got cash. Or, like, again, I know there's outliers, but by and large, probably not going to have this. Because, you know, in these scenarios, you're ideally looking to do a cash transaction, right? One time, they pay you, you walk away, all the liability is on them now. That's ideal. What a lot of you get into, because the buyer does not have that cash up front, you get into an owner-financed scenario. And in an owner finance scenario, you are acting like the bank and you're saying, yeah okay, uh buyer you know Timmy, you are allowed to go ahead and I'll, you could buy my business for three hundred thousand dollars I want uh seventy five thousand up front, and then you're gonna pay me the remainder monthly at a you know at no interest at one point five percent at two point whatever number you come up with, but it's gonna be your owner financing you know you could justify a high interest rate because you're not making them go through a bank where they probably wouldn't get approved. Um, But again, you're, you're talking with Pete, you're selling it to a coach. Like what, you pay your coach $40,000 and they're going to be able to afford a $300,000 gym. Like, no. So most gym owners get stuck in this position where they can't even leverage the fact that they're doing owner financed and charge a higher VIG on that fucking money. So they end up doing like, well, no interest because we're buddies like or something like that or 1.2% interest. Um, Anyway, so with that being said, where are they going to get this money? They don't have it. So where is it going to come from? If it's a coach, you haven't paid them enough to probably fucking for them to have this, you know, it's not saved up. So where do they get it? That means they have to go to a conventional lending source, right? This could be anything from a bank to some hard money lender who's going to take their fucking kneecaps out with a baseball bat if they miss a payment. Now if they go to a bank, and I'm, this podcast is being recorded on January uh, 13th, 2022, and I'm here to tell you right now, banks, they're not really too eager to loan to a micro gym right now. I know it's crazy. I had someone literally like uh they were up in arms they're like I don't understand. They'll go and I've made this statement. I I I've, I've actually used this with another client. I've told the story maybe on podcast, but you know, they'll uh they'll give a $250,000 student loan, but I can't get $100,000 for a business. Like, yeah, I get it, but you're buying the shittiest business possible right now. Like if you went to a bank in 20 oh, or 20 or 20, uh, 2018 2017, 2016, 2019, you and you were going to buy this gym for $300,000 in this hypothetical scenario, you probably got funded. Guess what? You're not right now because gyms fucking suck. I know Chris Cooper's got his fucking book out. Like, and I think he just timed it up wrong. I think he probably wrote it two years ago. And then just the publishing was like, shit, well, I got to publish this thing. It's called like start a gym and I'm not knocking the book, I haven't read it. I'm sure it's great. You guys know I'm a big, I think Chris is fucking a genius. I'm a big fan of Chris Cooper, but I've heard the opening line on this. It's right now is the best time to open a gym. I would say that's not exactly accurate, especially if you're having the self fun. If you're gonna do that bullshit bootstrap method, and I don't know that's what he teaches. I'm not saying that's what he is. But like, if you're gonna go like, "Oh, we'll grow as we grow, and we'll start off in a one, you know, seven, you know, 700 square feet of growth. Fuck, that's not the way. Nobody does that anymore. And anyone who tells you to do that anymore needs to be punched in the fucking taint. Do not listen to whatever fuck tells you to do that. So right, right now is a tough time for any conventional lender or anyone who's gonna lend money to give it to someone who's gonna open a fucking gym. Now, a lot of you guys are like, well, I'm seeing a bunch of gyms open up. I know Metabolics opened up a ton. There's still F45s popping up. Those are proven concepts, kids. You're not, you're a one-off, you're a nobody. You have no reputation. You have nothing to speak to, to the bank, all right? Now, if this business was doing so well, it had a 25% profit margin, it was generating $35,000 a month, then this owner probably wouldn't be selling anyway. So this is probably an asset, a business, that isn't killing it. So why would a conventional bank who literally fucking, you know, underwrites bad, like underwrites good risk, like good returns for them, why, they may not fund this thing, especially if your valuation's high, like $300,000, you know, for a business making less than $40,000 a month, I don't, I, you know, that underwriter might have a hard time, right? at a profit margin of nine, That underwriter is going to have a hard time seeing, you know, the debt service ratio covered. Here's my thing. If you want to exit the business, you want to sell it, you determine the avatar, and then you have to play with where's that funding coming from. Am I funding it? Is the bank funding it? Going to that second avatar, the investor, again, if you get lucky that you get that person... They're pro. They already. They probably already have financing, or they because they, they've done this before. This is super rare. Like I've, I, I'm very few scenarios have I ever heard of a you know an, an investor who just goes and buys failing micro gyms of our variety. You know this group fitness kind of scenario that are mom and pop. Okay, um, you know why why would they why would they spend three hundred thousand dollars on your thing when they could go and open up three metabolics that are going to kill. Why? Because 65 of them are fucking, like, because they they have a a history of it. Why wouldn't they go and put in a down payment with another guy and open up some F45s that they they think, you know, they assume are gonna do well? Um, Whether F45 is actually doing well or not, again, I'm just using them as an example. But so this is the tough part about selling. Now, let's go back to what the realistic scenario is, which is generally owner financing. So if you have to finance this thing, here's a couple things to think of. All right. When you go to, fi- if you're going to finance this thing, number one, you realize you're having all the liability is still on you. You are 100% in, you know, you are uh, reliant on this business succeeding. Now you're the owner. You've probably been the owner for a significant period of time. You've built this thing from the ground up. Nobody knows how it works better than you. And honestly, I truly don't think you don't know how to fix it. I truly don't think you wanted to put in the work to fix it. And I'd be like, no, that's not right, Stu. If I knew how to fix it, I would. No, because I'm telling you, and I fi- this is what I do, guys. I literally problem-solve and fix gyms every fucking day. Hours and hours a day. That's all I do. The The solutions are always the simple ones. And, I, you know, rarely is a solution so like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Like, when we talk the big picture stuff, the nuance, the micro... Yeah, I, you know, blow people away with good ideas like that. But, I, but at, the, at a scalable level, like I need more members, that is an easy problem to fix. You're not doing the nine small things that get more members. That's, that's what it is. So in, with that being said, if you are going to be 100% relying on them who have maybe never owned a business before going and growing and, you know, your fucking thing, then you, you need to have a PG. Here, here, And here's what, a PG, a personal guarantee. You need to make them sign a personal guarantee for the term of the note of the loan saying that, hey, if we do not pay it back, we're still on the hook. And anybody be like, oh, that, that, I don't know. That's kind of rough. This is business. Fuck face. You're selling your business. Someone is saying, oh, yeah, yeah. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. Okay. Go get a loan. Oh, I can't. Okay. well, pay with your own money. Oh, I don't have any. Okay, I guess I'll finance you and I'm gonna have to finance you at a dick interest rate, if any, because you're broke and you can't afford. Like, if I fucking put a three and a half percent VIG on this thing, you're going, (laughs) you won't be able to make the payments. So, fuck, okay, I'll do this for low interest, if not any interest, but the payment period's five years. Five years. Five years for someone to take a. A semi-successful, low, you know, not really successful business, and make it fucking work. Okay, the you know what the likelihood is of their success could be high, could be low. I don't know. I don't know the scenario. I don't know the people. All I know is it's somewhere in between, kind of high and kind of low. It's somewhere there in the middle. So yeah, put a personal guarantee on it. Like a lot of you guys have had to sign personal guarantees on on loans. That way, these people are not ins are not loan well loans and leases. That way, they're not insulated by their LLC. Everyone knows that you formulate an LLC, a limited liability company, so that you, your person, like Stuart Brower, can bow out and back out and the LLC can get hit and I'm not personally liable unless I sign a personal guarantee. So, and you could do something cool. Like I've constructed waterfall PGs where the percentage of the PG goes down over the years that they make successful payments and blah, 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 blah. There, there's all that kind of shit you could do. But these, like, these are the thoughts, if you're thinking of selling your business, your brain, if it's not going in these directions, like you're not thinking this stuff, like if this podcast was like, oh shit, man, he made some good points, I didn't even think about that, shoot me a DM, let's get on a fucking call, because you're about to fuck this up, and I can fix that within an hour's phone call. So guys, um, thank you for listening, I hope you have a great day, and until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.